Thanks to the wonderful folks at Anchor.fm. Welcome, listeners, to Tom Reads Your Story. Join voice actor Tom Zania as he reads from social media, news articles, his past audiobook recordings, and other spoken word projects, including those great writing projects that you send in. And now, here's your host, voice actor and podcaster, Tom Zania. And thank you, Mr. Announcer, for that wonderful introduction. Welcome, you fans of the spoken word. This is Tom Reads Your Story. I'm Tom Zania. Thanks for stopping by. I'm glad you're here. Today, well, I know you've heard them for four years, but here and now is a compilation of the greatest Trump quotes. And I'll be back after this. Archie Johnson thought he was prepared to meet his death in the electric chair. The sentence had been read. He had had his last meal, and the prison chaplain had asked God to have mercy on his soul. Then, just as they were strapping him into the chair, he suddenly realized there were a few things he wanted to do before he left this earth. This is Archie's story. Join two masters of the old-fashioned short story, with writing by John Isaac Jones and narration by Tom Zania. Going Home by John Isaac Jones. Listen to this great book from Audible.com. And we are back. So today... We're going after all of those silly things, downright stupid things that Trump has said for the past four years. It's our, it's our way of, we're going to say goodbye to all this now. It's our way of saying no more dumb things, no more idiotic statements, no more of those stupid lies put very unbelievably, by the way. And uh, what I've done is I've put together three articles, one from the GQ magazine, uh, one from Sad and Useless, Trump Quotes, and one from Shortlist.com. Now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to apologize right now for any ones that are repeated, uh, like from one article to another. Basically, it's three different articles. Okay, so what what we're going to do is we're going to first listen to uh, from sad and useless Trump quotes. Uh, then we'll go from shortlist.com to Trump quotes. Um, excuse me, from shortlist.com Trump quotes, and then after that we'll go to GQ Mag. Uh, dot com. Okay. And we'll play it on through to the end. There will be two ad breaks uh, this time, but uh, I think you you can deal with that. Hope you enjoy it. From Sad and Useless, the most depressive humor site on the Internet, the 15 dumbest Donald Trump quotes. My fingers are long and beautiful as 
it has been well documented, are various other parts of my body. I went to the Wharton School of Business. I'm, like, a really smart person. It has not been easy for me, and, you know, I started off in Brooklyn. My father gave me a small loan of a million dollars. She does have a very nice figure. I've said if Ivanka weren't my daughter, perhaps I'd be dating her. It's freezing and snowing in New York. We need global warming. About Mexicans. They're bringing drugs. They're bringing crime. They're rapists. And some, I assume, are good people. The concept of global warming was created by and for the Chinese in order to make U.S. manufacturing non-competitive. I'm not a big fan of the email stuff. I look very much forward to showing my financials because they are huge. Why are we having all these people from shithole countries coming here? On breastfeeding mothers... You are disgusting. Despite the constant negative press, Kofefe. If Hillary Clinton can't satisfy her husband, what makes her think she can satisfy America? On the Mueller investigation. So there investigated something that never happened. Apologizing is a great thing, but you have to be wrong. I will absolutely apologize sometime, hopefully in the distant future, if I'm ever wrong. From shortlist.com The 75 Most Ridiculous Trump Quotes By Dave Faubert, September 11th, 2018 There is no doubt, Donald Trump is box office. Mind you, so was Hitler. The Donald has ridden in like a one-man hurricane, blowing the U.S. presidential race wide open, defying his many, many critics to sweep aside Jeb Bush, Ted Cruz, John Kasich, and the rest to become the last man standing to be the Republican candidate in the race for the White House before eventually, incredibly, winning the keys to them in November 2017. Along the way, and in his former business life. Along the way, and in his former business life, he's managed to offend pretty much everyone and everything, as well as regularly showing off his enormous ego and opinion of himself. We present, and it's by no means exhaustive, the most ridiculous Trumpisms so far. We'll no doubt be updating this in the coming months. On domestic policy. I think if this country gets any kinder or gentler, it's literally going to cease to exist. On immigration. We're rounding them up in a very humane way, in a very nice way, and they're going to be happy because they want to be legalized. And by the way, I know it doesn't sound nice, but not everything is nice. On Syrian refugees. What I won't do is take in 200,000 Syrians who could be ISIS. I've been watching this migration, and I see the people. I mean, they're men. They're mostly men, 
and they're strong men. These are physically young, strong men. They look like primetime soldiers. Now, it's probably not true, but where are the women? So, you ask two things. Number one, why aren't they fighting for their country? And number two, I don't want these people coming over here. On border control. I will build a great, great wall on our southern border, and I will have Mexico pay for that wall. Mark my words. On September 11th. I think I could have stopped it because I have very tough illegal immigration policies, and people aren't coming into this country unless they're vetted and vetted properly. On education. Overseas, we build a school. We build a road. They blow up the school. We build another school. We build another road. They blow them up. We build again. In the meantime, we can't get a fucking school in Brooklyn. On helping women. I will be phenomenal to the women. I mean, I want to help women. On abortion. Do you believe in punishment for abortion, yes or no, as a principle? The answer is there has to be some form of punishment. For the woman? Yeah, there has to be some form. On gay marriage. It's like in golf. A lot of people, I don't want this to sound trivial, but a lot of people are switching to these really long putters. Very unattractive. It's weird. You see these great players with these really long putters because they can't sink three footers anymore. And I hate it. I am a traditionalist. I have so many fabulous friends who happen to be gay, but I am a traditionalist. On race. I have a great relationship with African Americans, as you possibly have heard. I have great respect for them, and they like me. I like them. On health care. The U.S. cannot allow Ebola-infected people back. People that go to faraway places to help out are great, but must suffer the consequences. On global warming. It's really cold outside. They are calling it a major freeze, weeks ahead of normal. Man, we could use a big fat dose of global warming. On gun control. No matter what you do, guns, no guns, it doesn't matter. You have people that are mentally ill, and they're going to come through the cracks, and they're going to do things that people will not even believe are possible. On the greatness of America. Our country is in serious trouble. We don't have victories anymore. We used to have victories, but now we don't have them. When was the last time anybody saw us beating, let's say, China in a trade deal? They kill us. I beat China all the time. All the time. On Mexico. They're sending people that have lots of problems, and they're bringing those problems with us. They're bringing drugs. They're bringing crime. They're rapists. And some, I assume, are good people. On fighting terrorism. When you see the other side chopping off heads, waterboarding doesn't sound very severe. On global warming. The concept of global warming was created by and for the Chinese in order to make U.S. manufacturing 
non-competitive on running for president. Well, if I ever ran for office, I'd do better as a Democrat than as a Republican. And that's not because I'd be more liberal, because I'm conservative. But the working guy would elect me. He likes me. When I walk down the street, those cabbies start yelling out their windows on political correctness. I think the big problem this country has is being politically correct. I've been challenged by so many people, and I don't, frankly, have time for total political correctness on why people would vote for him. To be blunt, people would vote for me. They just would. Why? Maybe because I'm so good-looking. On making America great again. The line of make America great again, the phrase that was mine, I came up with it about a year ago, and I kept using it, and everybody's using it. They're all loving it. I don't know. I guess I should copyright it. Maybe I have copyrighted it. On fighting terrorism. If you look at Saddam Hussein, he killed terrorists. I'm not saying he was an angel, but this guy killed terrorists. On Jeb Bush. Jeb said, we were safe with my brother. We were safe. Well, the World Trade Center just fell down. Now, am I trying to blame him? I'm not blaming anybody. But the World Trade Center came down. So when he said we were safe, that's not safe. On Rand Paul. I never attacked him on his looks. And believe me, there's plenty of subject matter right there on why he's the right candidate. I'm the most successful person ever to run for the presidency, by far. Nobody's ever been more successful than me. I'm the most successful person ever to run. Ross Perot isn't successful like me. Romney? I have a Gucci store that's worth more than Romney. On John McCain. John McCain is not a war hero. Now, he's a war hero. He's a war hero because he was captured. I like people that weren't captured. Okay? I hate to tell you. On Ariana Huffington. Ariana Huffington is unattractive both inside and out. I fully understand why her former husband left her for a man. He made a good decision. On pop culture. My favorite part of Pulp Fiction is when Sam has his gun out in the diner, and he tells a guy to tell his girlfriend to shut up. Tell that bitch to be cool. Say, bitch, be cool. I love those lines. On Women in Hollywood While Bette Midler is an extremely unattractive woman, I refuse to say that because I always insist on being politically correct. On Muslims Donald J. Trump is calling for a total and complete shutdown of Muslims entering the United States until our country's representatives can figure out what the hell is going on. On television shows. Just tried watching Modern Family, written by a moron. Really boring. Writer has the mind of a very dumb and backward child. Sorry, Danny. On sharing his financial success. I look very much forward to showing my financials because they are huge. On shaking hands. The concept of shaking hands is absolutely terrible. And statistically, 
I've been proven right. On his intelligence. Sorry, losers and haters, but my IQ is one of the highest, and you all know it. Please don't feel so stupid or insecure. It's not your fault. On self-maintenance. I think Viagra is wonderful if you need it, if you have medical issues, if you've had surgery. I've just never needed it. Frankly, I wouldn't mind if there were an anti-Viagra, something with the opposite effect. I'm not bragging. I'm just lucky. I don't need it. On romance. All of the women on The Apprentice flirted with me, consciously or unconsciously. That's to be expected. On romance. Certain guys tell me they want women of substance, not beautiful models. It just means they can't get beautiful models. On family. She does have a very nice figure. If Ivanka weren't my daughter, perhaps I'd be dating her. On marriage. I would never buy Ivana any decent jewels or pictures. Why give her negotiable assets? On beverages. I have never seen a thin person drinking Diet Coke. On egos. Show me someone with no ego and I'll show you a big loser. On borrowing. As a kid, I was making a building with blocks in our playroom. I didn't have enough. So I asked my younger brother, Robert, if I could borrow some of his. He said, okay, but you have to give them back when you're done. I used all of my blocks, then all of his blocks, and when I was done, I had a great building, which I then glued together. Robert never did get those blocks back. On his intelligence. I'm intelligent. Some people would say I'm very, very, very intelligent. On making money. I say, not in a braggadocious way, I've made billions and billions of dollars dealing with people all around the world. On his body. My fingers are long and beautiful, as it has been well documented, are various other parts of my body. On historical events. I was down there, and I watched our police and our firemen down on 7-Eleven, down at the World Trade Center, right after it came down. On Hillary Clinton. The only card she has is the women's card. She's got nothing else to offer, and frankly, if Hillary Clinton were a man, I don't think she'd get 5% of the vote. The only thing she's got going is the woman's card. And the beautiful thing is, women don't like her. On his fans. I could stand in the middle of Fifth Avenue and shoot somebody, and I wouldn't lose voters. On Megyn Kelly. You could see there was bloody coming out of her eyes. Blood coming out of her wherever. On immigration. Why are we having all these people from shithole countries coming here? On the presidency. I loved my previous life. I had so many things going. This is more work than in my previous life. I thought it would be easier. On appropriate things to say to hurricane survivors. What a crowd. What a turnout. On diversity within his fan base. Look at my African-American. On marriage and parenthood. I won't do anything to take care of them. 
I'll supply funds, and she'll take care of the kids. It's not like I'm going to be walking the kids down Central Park. On Judaism, I'm a negotiator, like you folks. On breastfeeding mothers, you're disgusting. On history, in life, you have to rely on the past, and that's called history. On Kim Jong-un, why would Kim Jong-un insult me by calling me old, when I would never call him short and fat? Oh, well, I try so hard to be his friend, and maybe someday that will happen. On winning graciously. Crooked Hillary Clinton is the worst and biggest loser of all time. She just can't stop, which is so good for the Republican Party. Hillary, get on with your life and give it another try in three years. On Russia. Russia will have much greater respect for our country when I am leading it than when other people have led it. If Putin likes Donald Trump, I consider that an asset, not a liability, because we have a horrible relationship with Russia. On popularity within the FBI. I would bet if you took a poll in the FBI, I would win that poll by more than anybody's won a poll. On taking inspiration from other leaders. Kim Jong-un speaks and his people sit up at attention. I want my people to do the same. On intelligence. Nobody has better respect for intelligence than Donald Trump. On the anti-missile. We're increasing our budget by many billions of dollars because of North Korea and other reasons having to do with the anti-missile. On health care. Nobody knew health care could be so complicated. On the absolutely one-sided violence in Charlottesville. We condemn in the strongest possible terms this egregious display of hatred, bigotry, and violence on many sides. On many sides. On the swamp. You know, I go to Washington and I see all these politicians and I see the swamp and it's not a good place. In fact, today, I said we ought to change it from the word swamp to the word cesspool, or perhaps to the word sewer. On the telephone. If you look at President Obama and other presidents, most of them didn't make calls. A lot of them didn't make calls. I like to call when it's appropriate. On diplomacy. North Korean leader Kim Jong-un just stated that the nuclear button is on his desk at all times. Will someone from his depleted and food-starved regime please inform him that I too have a nuclear button, but it is much bigger and more powerful, but it is a much bigger and more powerful one than his, and my button works. On racism. I'm the least racist person you have ever interviewed. On American football players kneeling during the national anthem. At least 24 players kneeling this weekend at NFL stadiums that are now having a very hard time filling up. The American public is fed up with the disrespect the NFL is paying to our country, our flag, and our national anthem. 
weak and out of control on the Mueller investigation. So they're investigating something that never happened on Kofefe. Despite the constant negative press, Kofefe, on reality, what you're seeing and what you're reading is not what's happening. Jeff Corey was a great Hollywood character man who became blacklisted in 1951. In the book Improvising Out Loud, My Life Teaching Hollywood How to Act, Corey recounts his extraordinary story. Among the actors who would soon fill his classes were James Dean, Kirk Douglas, Jane Fonda, Rob Reiner, Jack Nicholson, and Leonard Nimoy. In 1962, when the blacklist ended, Corey was one of the industry's first trailblazers to seamlessly reboot his acting career and secure roles in some of the classic films of the era, including Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, True Grit, and Little Big Man, in which he starred as the infamous Wild Bill Hickok. His memoir, which he wrote with his daughter Emily Corey, provides a unique and personal perspective on the man whose teaching inspired some of Hollywood's biggest names to star in the roles that made them famous. Improvising Out Loud, My Life Teaching Hollywood How to Act, written by Jeff Corey with Emily Corey. Listen to this incredible book by visiting audible.com. From GQ Magazine, A Definitive Guide to Donald Trump's Worst Quotes and Coronavirus Takes by Thomas Berry, May 27, 2020. Here it is. In all its glory, every time Donald Trump has come out with an inspired comment about the global coronavirus pandemic. Read on, you masochists. Trying to beat Donald Trump by pointing out that he does not tell the truth is like bringing a water pistol to a gunfight. For the left, or indeed the not totally insane right. If you're fighting that battle, you're still fighting the last war. You're the Polish cavalrymen charging vainly at the German panzers rolling over their border, which never actually happened, but hey, the truth doesn't matter anymore. And yet, as a media outlet, we have a duty to truthfully and fairly report goings-on in the world. And you might have noticed that there's something pretty big going on at the moment. The fact that you're on this page at all means you either hate yourself enough to relive all the painfully stupid things the President of the United States says on a regular basis, or you're lost and are perhaps looking for those photos of Melania we took way back in 2000. Whichever the case, don't say you haven't been warned. Here's the condensed list of all the terrible opinions, insults, and downright lies related to the coronavirus and COVID-19 to have come out of Donald Trump's mouth in the past few months. On the 1.5 million Americans who have tested positive for coronavirus. On 21 May, Trump declared to reporters at the White House, when you say that we lead in coronavirus cases, that's because we have more testing than anybody else. 
So when we have a lot of cases, I don't look at that as a bad thing. I look at that as, in a certain respect, as being a good thing, because it means our testing is much better. So I view it as a badge of honor. Really, it's a badge of honor. It's a great tribute to the testing and all of the work that a lot of professionals have done. At the time of writing, 92,000 Americans have died due to COVID-19, equivalent to the entire population of the city of Bath. On 25 May, the U.S. carried out fewer tests per capita than Russia, Italy, Spain, and Portugal, among other countries. On killing coronavirus with light inside the body. Suppose that we hit the body with a tremendous, whether it's ultraviolet or just very powerful light, Trump said at a White House coronavirus briefing on 23 April before continuing. Supposing you brought the light inside the body, which you can do either through the skin or in some other way. He then suggested that ingesting disinfectant might kill the virus. Is there a way we can do something like that by injection inside or almost a cleaning? Sounds interesting to me, so we'll see. But the whole concept of the light, the way it kills it in one minute, that's pretty powerful. On his own positive-negative test result. Shaking things up a bit, Trump reported on 21 May that he tested very positively during his now-daily COVID-19 test. In another sense, I tested positively toward negative, right? So no. I tested perfectly this morning, meaning I tested negative. But that's a way of saying it, positively toward the negative. Which is great and very much not a waste of time, and clearly demonstrates that he's not taking this whole thing seriously on the lack of a threat posed by the virus. On March 6, Trump was in Atlanta, Georgia, where he visited the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. The U.S., at that point, had 15 documented coronavirus cases. Within a couple of days, Trump announced, infections are going to be down to close to zero. One day, it's like a miracle. It will disappear. Trump went on to announce that within a week, America would be deploying four million testing kits. The tests are beautiful. Anybody that needs a test gets a test. But also the fact that it was always a big deal. Eleven days later, Trump gave another speech. I've always known this is a pandemic. I felt it was a pandemic long before it was called a pandemic. The next day, on 18 March, he tweeted as much again to try to drive home the point. I always treated the Chinese virus very seriously and have done a very good job from the beginning, including my very early decision to close the borders from China against the wishes of almost all. Many lives were saved. The fake news new narrative is disgraceful and false even though the Chinese government apparently had it under control in January. Asked on American television on 24 January whether he was worried about the virus, Trump replied, No, 
Not at all. We have it totally under control. It's one person coming in from China, and we have it under control. It's going to be just fine. On 26 January, he tweeted again, obviously. China has been working very hard to contain the coronavirus. The United States greatly appreciates their efforts and transparency. It will all work out well. In particular, on behalf of the American people, I want to thank President Xi. China has been working very hard to contain the coronavirus, Trump wrote. 92,000 grieving American families disagree. And as a bonus, here are some of the golden oldie classics. On assassinating Hillary Clinton Trump was accused of making an assassination threat against Hillary Clinton during the 2016 campaign. Speaking at a rally in Wilmington, North Carolina, the then-Republican candidate said, Hillary wants to abolish, essentially abolish, the Second Amendment, the right to have a gun. He continued, If she gets to pick her judges, nothing you can do, folks. Although the Second Amendment people, maybe there is, I don't know. But I'll tell you what, that will be a horrible day. Robbie Mook, Clinton's campaign manager at the time, issued a statement. This is simple. What Trump is saying is dangerous. A person seeking to be the president of the United States should not suggest violence in any way. Luckily, at the polling booth, voters roundedly rejected his violent rhetoric. Oh, wait. On his wife, in an interview with GQ in 2009. My wife says I'm the biggest star in the world, but she might just be saying that because she's intelligent. Melania doesn't seem to say a whole lot nowadays, but sure, maybe she's a genius. On British Muslims. On 23 March 2016, speaking to Pierce Morgan on ITV's Good Morning Britain, Trump noted correctly that when they see trouble, terrorist activity, they have to report it. He then continued incorrectly, they are not reporting it. They are absolutely not reporting it, and that is a big problem, because, famously, Donald Trump frequents Britain's mosques, remember? On Mexicans. Way back in June 2015, Trump announced his candidacy at Trump Tower. He then shared his deeply prejudiced views on a nation of 125 million people. When Mexico sends its people, they're not sending the best. They're sending people that have lots of problems, and they're bringing those problems. They're bringing drugs, they're bringing crime, they're rapists, and some, I assume, are good people. But I speak to border guards, and they're telling us what we're getting. And that sweet one you've probably already heard about Ivanka. I've said if Ivanka weren't my daughter, perhaps I'd be dating her. That's on ABC's The View back in March 2006. It's worth watching the footage, if only for Ivanka's deeply awkward reaction and the simpering vacuity of the show's hosts. Well, there it was. And, you know, what I played for you today is just a sampling I mean, I could call it a compilation, and I very well might, but there's a lot more that I just 
couldn't get a hold of. And I didn't want to play the stuff over from the election because we've already gone over all that. And we know where we stand with that now anyway. So I want to thank you very much for coming. That should do it for this episode. If you enjoyed your visit today, please tell your friends and have them tell their friends. Be sure to email me at TomReadYourStory at Yahoo.com or call my new Google Voice number at 929-260-1952. That's 929-260-1952 if you have questions or comments about the show. And as always, thanks, Anchor.fm, for the chance to have an ongoing podcast. I greatly appreciate it. Until next time, stay safe and take care. For more information on Tom's availability for your e-learning, commercial, audiobook, or video project, visit his website at www.tomzvoices.weebly.com. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Tom Reads Your Story.